Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio, 920. Demon Cotton, your boy Q. Of course, we want to hear from you on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What stood out to you the most about the winners from this past weekend's game? What can the Raiders take away and say, okay, that's what this team needs to do? Again, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We will get back to some of your phone calls in just a little bit, but joining us now on the phone lines is our good friend Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes. And Jay, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Wanted to get you on to talk a little Ohio State guys that are draft eligible and of course, we'll start with the guy that's going to be drafted off the board first, in my opinion, which was going to be the quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Uh, when He was a Heisman finalist the last two seasons. He didn't win the Heisman, but he was there. What can you tell us about uh, C.J. Stroud and the way that he's matured over his time there at Ohio State? First off, I want to say thanks for having me on the show. And over the past couple of years, it's been fun to watch and cover C.J. Stroud, his growth as a, as a human being, his growth as a quarterback and a football player. If you want a guy that I believe can make all of these throws, that is C.J. Stroud. There's a reason why he had, why he was a two-time Heisman finalist, and uh, we got to see a glimpse of him against Georgia. When you just take everything away, all you you release the leash and let that dog go, he can do just about almost anything you want on the football field. Can't say everything because his legs uh, and his running ability is not at top tier. But, Q, he's one of the best quarterbacks in this draft, which is why he is going uh, going to be one of the top picks in 2023. Yeah, no, he will. He'll definitely be top 10. I'd actually be surprised if he even made it to the Raiders who are sitting there at number 7. And you mentioned his legs. I know he's not a guy that's going to run around the yard like a Lamar Jackson or even a Bryce Young, but he's got enough wiggle to keep plays alive, doesn't he? He does. The weird thing is we didn't see much of that during the season and I don't know if that was Stroud being held back, if that was Stroud holding himself back. I don't know what it was. But for some reason, last game of the season, it's win or go home. We saw Stroud be able to move pretty well with his legs. And I was sitting there watching the game like, okay, like we've been wanting to see this for a long time, all season. Not just this season, Q, last year as well. And now all of a season when it's, this is possibly your last college football game, everything's on the table for him. So his wiggle, I think, is something that's a mystery. Can it be something consistent? And I think it's, uh, it's a mystery because you really only saw it one game from him during his two years as a starter at Ohio State. That's interesting. Really is. Again, we're talking with Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Again, when it comes to C.J. Stroud, what would you consider to be his biggest weakness? Like what he has to work on the most at the next level? It's one thing that I believe any quarterback, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Dutton Netter, who the college quarterback is coming out, he needs to work on just poise, just what he's going to do under pressure. This game at the NFL level is faster. The players are faster. They're stronger. They're bigger. He's going to get pressure, way more pressure than he did the past couple of years playing at Ohio State. So how is he going to be under pressure? And I said at the beginning, any quarterback coming out who had to deal with this, 
Because it's at a different level, man. Like, there's a big jump from college football, even high-level D1, to the National Football League. Everybody on that 32 uh, – uh, every player on the 32 teams in the league, they're professionals. And so they have all of the traits and all the uh, – not say all the access. Some guys have more access than others. But they're professionals. Right. They're going up against professionals every single week. Like I said, I don't care if it's Will Levis, Bryce Young, Stroud, Richardson. I don't care who it is. You have to work on the poise and how you respond when you're pressured. And honestly, that was something Stroud struggled with this year. So it wasn't like him going to the NFL is the reason why he needs to work on it. He needs to work on it because under pressure, that was one thing where his weaknesses got exposed at a great level. Talking right now with Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And let's say roughness. DeMond's got one for you. I know it's not a fair comparison because every quarterback is different, but you always hear the knocks on Ohio State quarterbacks. These guys, oh, they don't translate well. But a common thing that they all have in common are the skill position players that they had on them were just fantastic. And he had two great receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr. being one of them. So what do you think about that knock? Hey, of course he looked good in that offense. Look at the weapons he had around him. I think it's a natural thing for people to say. Look at his weapons. He had amazing weapons. Um, last year he had Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. They brought, they set a record this year. Um, I believe it was the first guys from the same school to have over a thousand yards receiving in the rookie season. And then you think about Haskins and all those guys that he had in fields and the guys that feel like I think it's a natural thing for you to say. But also look at the tape, like look at what he's doing with that talent. Look at how he's allowing that talent at receiver, even at tight end, to be utilized and to play in even bigger ways than maybe you think. So, yes, it's natural to say, look at their weapons. They're great because of the talent around them. But you also have to look a little bit deeper to see what are they doing with that talent. Are they helping the talent be better? And I do believe C.J. Stroud helped. Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, Emeka Abuka, Kate Stover at tight end. I believe Stroud helped them and put the ball with his elite elite ball placement that he had, that skill set. I believe he put the ball in the right areas most of the time for those guys to be successful. You know, I wanted to ask you about one of those weapons in particular, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, he's a guy that was injured and banged up quite a bit throughout the course of the season, but we know he's a hell of a player, probably be a first-round wide receiver taken off the board. What kind of wide receiver do you think he'll be on the next level? Like a one, two? What, what, what are your expectations on Jigba? My thoughts is he's going to be a slot receiver. That's okay. probably where he'll stick. Um, if anything, he'll be more of a, a possession receiver in the NFL. He's on the outside. That's not saying he's not going to get paid, bro. Like, that's right. not you saying, like, <laughs> he's going to get out there and uh, not get the bag at some point. No, I do believe if healthy, he can be one of the better receivers at, at whatever position he's in. Maybe top ten. I mean, if he's a possession receiver, number two, top five, top ten there. If he's a slot receiver, top five, top ten. I believe he can be that caliber. But, bro, he got that hamstring injury. Yeah. And that's tough. Mm-hmm. And so he has to be healthy. We got glimpses last year, a year, 2021, a year ago in the season when, when he was, uh, uh, when I think it was Garrett Wilson was out a couple games or one game against Nebraska and then Alave was out in the Rolls Bowl. I forget if Wilson played that game or not, but you got to see a jig, but when he was the number one option because the other two guys weren't there, 15 yard, 15 yard receptions in both of those games. Mm-hmm. Like he was needed to win both of those games. So he can do it. But when healthy, I do think uh, probably a slot receiver is probably the best fit for him at the next level. 
What about Paris Johnson? I've seen in some mock drafts that people have the Raiders picking him at pick number seven, but where do you see him projecting and what position do you think he'd excel at at the next level? See, here's an interesting thing, and I might think different than others. Position-wise, I think he's more of a left tackle, but I have heard people say maybe he should go back to the guard position that he played in 2021. He got a year of starter at guard, at right guard, a year of starter at his natural position of left tackle, which he came to Ohio State to play. And I think he's probably going to be a top 10 at worst, at top 15 pick. So first round pick is where I think he's going to go. But I do think, though, it's very interesting. Cause I remember I was on this show a year ago with Q. We talked, yep. I think it was a year ago. Yep. I think we talked about Sarah yep. Mumford. Yep. In that 2021 season, I think set Mumford back going into like, at least going into the draft because of the changing of positions. And I truly wonder if there are executives and coaches saying we got a year at guard, a year at tackle for Paris Johnson Jr. And they might be wanting to see one more year in college at one of those positions to get a better eval on him going into the NFL. So reshaping of the offensive line helped Paris Johnson Jr. I think he's a left tackle. And I think he could be – if he progresses like I think he will, now this is not just me, the Ohio State guy, just me, the evaluator of talent. If he progresses like I think he will, I think he can be uh, a starting left tackle at the next level for quite a few years. I think he has that kind of talent. Again, we're talking with Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. So sticking with Paris Johnson, I wanted to ask, one of the big uh, requisites, prerequisites for Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, is a guy that's versatile. You mentioned playing the right guard, playing the left tackle position. Do you feel like that maybe he can go in and be, you know, a, a, a jack-of-all-trades or, or play multiple positions on that offensive line uh, if need be? I do. I was not a fan of how the coaches utilized the O-line in 2021 where you had basically four tackles on the field, two of them playing guard. And I think if they just had everybody playing their true positions, it would have helped the offense be a whole lot better. But that did that is one area that aided Paris Johnson Jr. going into this draft. Because if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't have play, he probably would have played, would have been more of a right tackle, which still aided him. But you got to see him play inside and outside during his career at Ohio State. I do think that versatility is something he can play guard, he can play tackle. He is six foot six, and I normally this means I'm normally not a fan of a guy being that tall playing on the inside. Mm-hmm. But with how I think he's going to spend the time, uh, making sure he gets leverage, getting low, make sure he's he's driving his feet at that guard position, either a gap scheme or a zone scheme, whichever scheme he's in. I think he can play either guard or tackle. He mentioned the cue prior to 2021 about how he doesn't think the transition from guard, uh, from tackle to guard, either side is going to be that hard because he thinks that he's uh, able to play right, left, guard, tackle because of the way he can use his feet and use his hands and his body at either position. So the transition was actually a lot easier for him going from guard to tackle than I thought it was going to be this year. And I do think at the next level, he can play either position whoever drafts him in this draft. There you go. There's that versatility right there, screaming. Versatility, versatility, and more versatility. Jay, we got a a question from my guy, Hardcore Raider. He said, hey, can you ask him about defensive end Zach Harrison? What are your thoughts on him? So I view Zach Harrison, now he's a better player than what I think, than the player I'm about about to name, but I view Zach Harrison the same way that Jonathan Cooper, I view him when Cooper went into the NFL draft. Kind of a guy that 
Cooper was kind of under the radar. Was never amazing. At, would never um, say you want to be the number one defensive end at the school. They could do a lot of things. He was a solid player. And this year, Zach Harrison, solid, showed signs of growth. And I do think Zach Harrison, as some say, five-star talent, the hype is there. Uh, Chase Young, the Bosa's. You, you think some people thought Harrison was going to be the next guy in that lineup of elite, elite DNs at Ohio State. Never lived up to that hype coming out of high school. But I do think, though, Zach Harrison, what we saw this year and his improvement in the run game and being able to play a little D-tackle as well. I don't think he'll play D-tackle in the, in the NFL, but he did show he has the strength to play at that position. I do think Zach Harrison might fly a little under the radar going into the draft, similar to Jonathan Cooper. And I do think, though, if he falls in this draft, he could be a steal for whoever picks him up. I know this is a hypothetical, but I still want to ask, if Marvin Harrison Jr. was coming out in this draft, would he be the number one receiver taken? Uh, ooh, you hit me with that one. Uh, I don't want to say yes or no because I have not looked into it enough. If this will take him and Jalen, if this will take Harrison Jr., uh, the high-end kid from Tennessee, I'm picking Harrison Jr. So I, I'll say that. I'll just pick those two guys. Um, he, he's a dog, man. I, I was at the uh, Indiana game, Ohio State-Indiana. It was it was snowing, 104,000 people in Columbus. And uh, this cat here, it's a junior, caught a pass on the sidelines that I didn't think anybody at, could ever make in their life. Not his dad, not anybody else. <laughs> he managed to make that catch. And so this young man, yeah, I do. I was talking to somebody about this recently, talking about how there aren't many guys that after two years in college, you could say they could, they're ready for the NFL. I mentioned Adrian Peterson being one of those guys. I said, I didn't think Maurice Claret after one year at Ohio State was ready for the NFL. I think Harrison Jr. is ready for the NFL right now. I know it may be a hot take, bold take, whatever you want to want to make it. I do think he's ready for it. Um, but, yeah, I do think he'd probably be the number one pick uh, at receiver if it were between him and Hyatt, if those are guys are the, at the top of the boards. I mean, he has a height, he has a speed. He can make all the catches, run all the routes. What else do you want from a guy um, who's going to be – he will be a future first-round pick, um, could easily be a future top 15 pick if he came out right now. Well, Jay, we'll close out with this. You mentioned a couple names. You already got to get dropped a, a little gem on us on Zach Harrison. Is there anyone that's flying under the radar that you think may be a l- little bit later round pick that, like you mentioned with Harrison, could be a, end up being a steal? Let me go with my guy. So, Q, I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. Lived okay. here most of my life. I like high school football. I love high school basketball even more. There was a big man at 6'8", 360, DeJuan Jones, played right tackle at Ohio State. I got familiar with him on the basketball court at Ben Davis High School, and he was somebody down low that you couldn't stop. He brought that footwork down in the post to the right tackle position at Ohio State. He lost, he shaved some weight at Ohio State as well, going uh, from last year to this year. And I think DeWan Jones, I'm not saying day one, I don't even think day two, possibly day two, but DeWan Jones could be somebody at tackle that once he gets into the NFL and gets you spend all of his time, energy, focused on football, I think that young man could be a consistent piece of an NFL offensive line. So I'm sticking with the old line, really line all together, almost Zach Harrison and uh, Paris Johnson Jr. I do think DeWan Jones can be somebody that uh, can surprise some people, maybe more of a day three pick into day two, beginning of day three. But I do think DeWan Jones, um, once he sticks to his nutrition, sticks to the 
strength and conditioning uh, program and all those things there. I think DeWan Jones, man, I think he could uh, be a really good player at the next level. And, and and tell me again, refresh my memory on the size of that young man. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a guy in high school standing at six foot eight, three sixty, and you can't stop him in the block. That's DeWan Jones at Ben Davis High School. Wow, that's incredible. That's really incredible. Yeah, sign me up for him right there. I like that. I like the sounds of that, especially at right tackle, knowing the Raiders have a big, massive need at the right tackle position. All right, Jay, well, fantastic stuff. What do you got coming out on Locked On Buckeyes that we need to be on the lookout for? Two, we are working on um, some pre-draft stuff, pre-spring uh, pre, uh, camp stuff. Um, we'll be having a scout come on to discuss players at each position that are draft eligible to get some more insight about nice. their uh, scouting report and where they might fall. Looking at Stroud, I'll, I'll probably be more on Tuesday's show. But I want to do something a little bit different this, this year. I might dedicate for a month or two every Friday show to Ryan Day and how he can improve the roster, just analyzing him and his coaching tenure at Ohio State. Did it last week, last Friday. Looking to have a guest on this coming Friday to continue that trend. So, Fridays might be dedicated to Ryan Day and just some things focused on his career at Ohio State and how the team can get better going into spring practice and uh, the 2023 football season. So instead of Friday, it's going to be Ryan Day. <laughs> that's what that's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I like it. There Ryan Day on the Locked On Buckeyes show with Jay Stevens. Hey, Jay, fantastic stuff, man. You know I always appreciate it when you come in and, and share some of your insight with us. And uh, you know we'll be talking a lot more between now and uh, that late April date when the draft gets underway. We appreciate you. Yes, sir. Q, no problem, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. There he goes. Fantastic stuff. Jay Stevens, good friend of the show. Locked on Buckeyes on Twitter at JStevens07. And with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Great insight. And that's all we're going to do. It's January 23rd. So I'm not going to deep dive into the mock draft and who's going to be the first guy off the board, this, that, and the other. But we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll go school to school. We'll go player to player. We'll find out the sleepers. That's what I'm really intrigued by. Like, we know the big names. But I'm intrigued by the sleepers. And that DeWan Jones cat, I got to do a little bit more research. Got to do a little bit more research. I got to step my game up. I love the basketball nugget because anytime you hear Ryan Stanley. You don't Stanley, know nothing about no basketball. Drop your basketball nuggets, man. You ain't got no basketball nuggets. I was just going to say, when it's a, when it's an offensive tackle, they always like to use that he's got the basketball footwork. Yeah. And I was going to share this story. Ronnie Stanley, oh, you know, yeah. left tackle, yeah. played against him in high school, and it was one of those, we can't do nothing with him. Hey, AMC, <laughs> you ain't got to worry about me saying nothing. You can't do nothing with me. I know you can't do nothing with Ronnie Stanley. <laughs> Coach, I got an idea. Put me on him. He won't. It'll be like LeBron in the finals with JJ Barea. He won't know what to do. Come on, Coach. Come on. Can't do no worse. Many thanks to Jay for giving us a few minutes of his time. Four eighteen is the time. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. We're coming on back with your texts, with your calls. Hit us up. Light us up. What just stood out to you the most from this weekend's game? What can the Raiders take away from saying, "Yep, that's what we need to incorporate on this squad"? It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. I mentioned earlier in the show that we have Black Crows tickets all week long, right? We got the hookup on that. I've said it multiple times that we have the best promotions department I've ever worked with at any radio station I've ever worked with. Now, I haven't worked with every single radio station across the country, but I've worked with enough to know that especially sports stations don't really have a whole lot of hookup 
like we do. But our guy Craig does a hell of a job getting us a lot of great concert tickets, getting a lot of great events. We've had the Ultimate Raider hookup. I mean, we've had a lot of great things through our promotions department, so I always got to tip the cap to him. And what he just told me in the commercial break, and we're not getting you in to win this just yet, but we will start probably around Thursday of this week, Wednesday or Thursday of this week, and lead up to next week. How about the Pro Bowl Hall of Famer, Fame Players Soiree? What does that mean to you? And it's funny, looking at that word written, I was like, what in the hell word is that? I know how to say it. I know what it, you know, I, when I hear it, I, I know that. But looking at it, I was like, man, that's a weird word. Someone had a typo or something. But we have tickets to this, and we're going to be giving someone tickets to this to go hang out with Hall of Fame legends like Warren Moon, Shannon Sharp, not angry Shannon Sharp, but just Shannon Sharp, Charles Woodson, many other players that are going to be there. Pro Bowl weekend. It's going to be February 3rd. Wine, dine, laugh, hang out. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be at a Resorts World. Photos and autographs with the players in attendance. They got a silent auction, poker, gaming, open bar. Uh, I mean, they got all kind of different things going, and we've got the hookup to it. It's not just every day you have a hookup to a party like that. Oh, by the way, you win tickets to this, and you get to go hang out, and all of a sudden, boom, you're hanging out. You look over, and you see Warren Moon or Charles Woodson. Like, I mean, I've been to I've been to two Hall of Fame parties. Yeah, two. Went to LT's, and that's how it was. Kind of like walking around, and all of a sudden you look over, and Warren Moon was right there, or Jerome Bettis is right there, or, you know, Tim Brown is right there, and it's amazing. And then Cliff Branch this past year, and that party was next, next to none. This is going to be fantastic, and we got the hookup on it already. Man, like if this is something where you say, hey, the promotions department that we have is fantastic. Yeah. If you listen to the show, I would even be calling all my friends, hey, man, they're going to give something away. 702 365 9200. I need everybody I know to call in. Why you got to do it in your lion voice, though? Why can't you just do it in your normal voice like you're telling the truth? Because this is a scam I'm trying to run here. So <laughs> the scamming voice has got to come on. There you go. Yeah. When I call everybody I know and tell them. There you go. It's like it's like when you get that phone call from that number that you don't know and it says on your phone, uh, scam likely. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear that voice, that means scam likely. So I just want you to know that that's on the way. I want to shout out to my guy, Craig, because that's a hell of a job uh, to come away with these kind of hookups like we have. Uh, I do want to get back to the don'tbebroke.com text line. Of course, the phone line as well. We do have cover three coming up in a little bit. A little scatter shoot with some news and notes around the league. Uh, Brad and Concord. Concord Cowley. Shout out to Concord. He said, I agree with you, Q. My biggest takeaway from these teams is defense. As much as I hate to say it, the Niners' defense is the difference. All the way down to the last play last night where the Cowboys couldn't even start a lateral without getting blasted. I again hate to say it, uh, if, if that had been a Raider D last night, no one would have been around those wide receivers, and they probably would have lateraled five times before the D caught anybody. That's the takeaway from these teams where the Raiders need to fix it right away. And I'm serious, man, I'm, and thank you for the text. He's so spot on. I promise you when I saw the way that the Cowboys lined up on that last play, I was like, oh, okay. They're trying to set it up so they have all these blockers on the – like, I saw the vision. I didn't – the execution was terrible, right? Zeke got blasted. Like John McClain said earlier in the show, he got level put on his ass, probably the last game play he'll ever make with the Cowboys. And it's just a it's just a sight of seeing Zeke laying on his back. I literally rewound that about four times just to watch it again. Like, dang, Zeke got blasted. But, yeah, man, that play – the Raiders' defense might have allowed that play to, to actually work. You're the first person to say you saw the vision. So tell me, in a perfect scenario, what happens on that play? He catches the pass, right? The, the initial pass, boom, out of Dak's hand real quick. And then they toss it back to the receiver that's behind the other blockers, mm-hmm. the big uglies, right? The offensive line that was supposed to be there. And so that's how they set it up. So going down the field, ideally in an ideal world, they have those blockers to block. I'm not saying it would have worked. Obviously it didn't. 
and the 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 Niners were prepared for it. But man, I, I as soon as I, as soon as as soon as they put it out there, I was like, okay, I get it. I just don't know how this is gonna work, and it didn't. Well, you know the only I'm not saying I've ever seen it work because I, I haven't. But I, I I immediately felt like I knew what they were trying to do. Zeke got the snap ball perfectly too. We're not giving Zeke enough credit for that, man. Zeke had to snap the Zeke ball, try to block a little bit. He got blasted. <laughs> He got blasted. That was embarrassing. That was really, really embarrassing. So I hope that Zeke never has to do that again, regardless what team he plays with. <laughs> I don't think he plays with the Cowboys anymore unless he does a massive uh, you know, restructure of that contract. I just don't see it happening. But, Brad, thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, Raiders just have to – I mean, that defense has been ignored too long. And I feel like you know, almost a broken record talking about it all the time, but it has to be. As much as people call and talk about the quarterback every single day, all day long, I could open up the phone lines and be like, hey, what do you think about the quarterback position? And go for three hours if I want to. But that's not intriguing. That's not interesting. That's low-hanging fruit, and I don't like to sign up for that. And I don't think anyone else does. Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier. When's the last time that this Raiders defense has been good? It's been 20 years. The year they made it to the Super Bowl. It's been over 20 years. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's been over 20 years. That's the last time that they had a top 10 defense. Right. And it's always something where it could be this regime. We could get the rational, the, excuse me, the rationalization for why it's been bad for over 20 years with each coach and each regime change that's happened with this team. But like you said, the bottom line is that it's got to get better. Yep, it does. And you know, it's funny, when Dennis Allen was hired as the head coach, that was back in 2014 when, when Derek Carr was drafted, I remember uh, talking to my buddy, Big, Big Daddy Victor Zaragoza, who was at Wild 94.9 at the time, and I wasn't real familiar with Dennis Allen. I really wasn't. But when they hired him, I hit him, and I was like, hey, what do you think of the hire? And he's like, dude, that's a defensive-minded head coach. That's great because the Raiders need a, 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 a top-notch defense. So if he's going to go in there and put his defensive chops to, you know, to work – then it's all good. That's all it took. I was on board because I knew, you're right, the defense has been on the struggle bus for a very long time. Now, we all know, fast forward, that that never worked out, but I was okay with that, and I was I was kind of excited with Jack Del Rio, too, for that same reason because he was a defensive-minded guy, and it started to work out early with him, and then the wheels fell off in 2017 when it came to JDR. So uh, there's there's – there's a lot to be said about putting together a defense that could be sustainable and a defense where even your backups are good. So if one guy happens to leave in free agency, all of a sudden there's not a panic button that's hit. It's like, okay, no doubt. There, there's a guy that's been waiting in the wings that is ready to go and take that spot. Like J.C. Jackson left the Patriots last year, right? All of a sudden, did they panic? No. They just slid in a couple other guys that they had already had rating in the wings, late-round picks or undrafted guys, and guess what? Still had really good production. <laughs> from their corner position. So there's that. 702-365-9200. Who we got up, Damon? Vince up in Northtown. Vince, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Yo, Q, Damani, what's going on, Playboys? Chilling, chilling. You all right? I'm all right. I had just got off work, man. I had got a new schedule. I haven't been able uh, to listen to your guys' show or JT's show due to my new schedule. I just got off of work. Decided to put in my Raider Nation radio, listen to what y'all talking about. I don't know what quite the subject y'all talking about, but I'll tell you my two cents on this and about as far as the Raiders' new quarterback, where direction we want to go. I don't want Tom Brady in a Raiders jersey. I really don't. It would be Tom Brady. It would be dumb for Tom Brady to come to the Raiders for himself. I want a QB to buy time that's able to buy time in the pocket. If you ask me. If you see how – look at all the guys that's uh, playing right now in these playoffs. Every single one of them could create and buy time in that pocket when that pocket collapsed. That's I true. think the way the NFL is, 60% of the, 60% of the game is broken plays because the defense is going to dictate 
whether or not the whether or not what you're going to do. So why not let's go get Batman Rogers, get him out there, get him out of there of Green Bay, or let's go for Lamar Jackson, man. I don't know what y'all think. I'm gonna leave y'all there. I'm gonna leave y'all at that. You tell me what y'all think, and I appreciate your, uh, appreciate your time. No doubt, no doubt. Thanks for the call, and it's pretty much spot on what we were talking about. Really, what the biggest takeaway was from the weekend, and uh, for you, it was guys that were able to create with their legs from the quarterback position, and that's something that we've been talking about for quite a while. As uh, something I'd like to see uh, the Raiders, you know, whoever the next guy is going to be, be able to have that ability. And I know that you know Rogers could do it. Brady's obviously not going to do it. I know Rogers could do it a little bit. He prefers not to, but he could. Um, whoever the quarterback is for the long term, I want them to have that ability to be able to, you know, get out of harm's way and have a little bit of wiggle. And it's funny, we were just talking to Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes, and one of his big questions was about C.J. Stroud and his legs and the fact that, you know, he really wasn't willing to, to use them that often until all of a sudden the last game when it was win or go home. Then all of a sudden he starts running around and they're like, hey, where's that been all, all season? So I'm not going to lie, that kind of, not a red flag, but that, that was a little bit of a concern when I heard that from Jay. Maybe he just didn't need to. I mean, they still made it to the national championship game. No, that's true. So with C.J. Stroud, it could be that rationale of, hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I haven't needed to run all season. Where he's getting the job done with his with his arm. You see those receivers that he had. I just throw it up every time too. <laughs> but I mean, so maybe for him it just wasn't it wasn't as you know as much as a necessity right. as it needed to be. No, it could be. It could be. Uh, also, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, uh, and I, I was talking to uh, Jamison Hensley uh, last week. I was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio, and uh, Jamison Hensley covers the Ravens like a glove, and he said that for for a team to trade for Lamar Jackson, if the Ravens were willing to do that, which he doesn't believe they're going to do this year, he thinks they're going to franchise him. Uh, for a team to that to to get him out of Baltimore, it would take three first round picks. I'm not signing up for three first round picks. I'm not. I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I really do. I think he's a hell of a player. I'm not going to lie. His injuries concern me, and the fact that when the Ravens needed him, the playoffs. He wasn't available because of his knee injury, and I'm not saying that he wasn't injured. I'm just saying he was injured, and that's a concern, right? So uh, you're starting to see more injuries and more injuries pile up for Lamar Jackson. I know he does a good job of getting out of harm's way, but at the same time, man, I mean, if you get injured and you're not available to play, then you're not – it doesn't matter how good you are. You're you're no good if you're on the sideline. So that does concern me. Uh, So it's almost like that that fine line – Right? You want a guy that's able to run around and, and, and be mobile and keep plays alive like you saw from Jarrett Stidham and his couple starts with the Raiders. You like what he was able to bring to the table, but you also don't want to see a guy that's taking numerous hits because you want him to have an a, a, a availability. And even going back to Stidham, think about Stidham. Think about some of the big hits that he took in just two games. You know, Is that sustainable for 17? <laughs> right? I mean, just think about that. Think of Stidham slid in there for 17 games. Would he be able to run around the yard like that like he was? and take some of those monster hits? I mean, look, I think any quarterback needs to have the offensive line upgraded. You know, that every quarterback needs a little bit more protection than what the Raiders had. But that's it's, it's, it's a concern. It's definitely a concern. Uh, you want to have a guy that you can rely on and feel like that, you know, he's going to be there and available for, our, for, for the whole course of the season. Again, uh, the worst time for Lamar Jackson to be out for the Ravens was the time that they needed him the most, which was in the playoffs. So there's that. Uh, there's a lot of different guys that could be available. Uh, I'd like to see a guy go in there and take those reins over at the quarterback position that just is an absolute monster, right? Just a guy that you know that, man, man, the Raiders got that dude. And I don't know who that guy is. I ain't going to act like I do. I don't know who that guy is, but I would love for them to figure it out 
and, and get a guy that could be the franchise quarterback for some years to come and just be a next-level dude. All right? They haven't had that guy in a very long time. Would love to see it with the silver and black. 435 is the time. You can keep those calls and texts coming. Uh, 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 4.40 is the time, man. Now on a fun show as always. Definitely appreciate Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station in the RJ. John McClain, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back and chef now, Chef Mark McMillan on the Next Level Chef. Team Ramsey along with Chef Vinny, they both joined the show. And then Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes, joined the show as well. And of course, we love hearing from you at 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. What stood out to you the most about the winners from this past weekend's game? What do the Raiders look at and say, yep, could definitely use that? Uh, we got a text from Geese Mode saying, what about kicking the car tires about a trade for Trey Lance? That might be a dude. And you know what's funny about that? Thank you, Geese Mode, for that text. I appreciate you. I've had multiple people hit me up about Trey Lance, but my question with Trey Lance is, Damon. Who is Trey Lance? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. What I mean by that is I don't know who he is as a quarterback. I don't. I, it's so funny. I was on ESPN Radio yesterday. We were on with Orlando Franklin and, uh, and Michael Rothstein, and we were kind of watching the game, the Niners and Cowboys, while we were doing the show. And all of a sudden, Michael said, hey, man, who is that guy standing behind, behind Kyle Shanahan looking at his watch? Like, who's the time management guy? And I go, that wasn't the time management guy. That was Trey Lance. That was Trey Lance, and he's like, oh, damn, I haven't seen him, so I don't know. I was like, exactly. Trey Lance is the big unknown. They traded up. They gave up a ton of capital for him, and nobody has an idea who he is. Here's the thing about Trey Lance. He was a late starter, a late bloomer when it comes to playing quarterback. And in college, he only played an actual full season once, and then you had the COVID year, and they only played one game that was like an exhibition. So this is a guy who's 22 years old. He's still young. He is young. But he's only played, what, maybe – Two seasons of actual quarterback, I mean, to combine college experience and NFL experience, maybe you could give him 30 games as a quarterback, you know, at the, at, at a good level. But the thing about Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, what they keep saying about him, oh, man, you know, it was Iowa State, but he played a lot of games at Iowa State. He's got the experience. You know, he's been in I did see crowds. him play it yeah, at Iowa State. He's been in tough yep. games. Well, they got the stat, him and Jalen Hurts, they played each other in yeah, college. Oklahoma Where, and Ohio State. Yep. Or Iowa State, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, so he's played those games. But my big thing about Trey Lance, even before he got drafted, is he just hasn't played enough football to know if he's good or not. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He has 102 career passing attempts in the NFL. 102. I mean, hell, you saw <laughs> you saw Tom Brady throw the ball 66 times in his last game. Yeah, I was about to say, Mike McDaniel even had Skylar Thompson throw about 50 times right, in that exactly. one playoff game. Exactly. He's had 102 pass attempts and 56 completions, which is a 54.9%. Touchdown interceptions, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Passing yards, 797. Passer rating, 84.5. Rushing yards, 235. And one rushing touchdown. That's it. I mean, he just, again, you feel like, okay, he's got a little bit of something to him. He could be that dude, but he might not be. And, and my question, if you want to roll the dice and try to make a trade for Trey Lance because maybe he becomes available, okay, what is San Francisco going to want in return after the, what they gave up to get him? It's not like they're just going to dump him for next to nothing. I mean, remember, they gave up, what, three first-round picks? 
They gave up a lot to move up and go get Trey Lance. So they ain't going to just let him go for a dollar stake from the dollar store. Well, they're going to have to. I'm, no, they ain't going to have to. Well, you, they don't have to do anything. He's, he on a just, rookie, he's on a rookie deal. Still a reasonable deal. He could just be a valuable backup. But when it comes to, they're not definitely, they're not going to pick up that fifth-year option when that time comes around. So are you telling me that you just drafted a guy to be one of the best clock management backups in the league? No, no. You, I mean, you even with Jordan that's Love. What, that's not what you drafted him for. But things happen. But that's what he turned into based off of injury and based off the fact that Brock Purdy's playing well now. And then how long how long would it be before you hear the Trey Lance camp coming out of, hey, man, Trey really thinks that he could be a quality starter somewhere in the league. And we always say, hey, if you don't want to be here, then it's better just to release a guy, or, you know, get rid of a guy if he truly doesn't want to be with the team. Because I know he doesn't want to spend the first five years of his career just being the shoulda, woulda, coulda guy, at least right. with Jordan Love. His thing is, man, Aaron Rodgers just won't leave. Won't go away. Yes. Right, no doubt. Well, for Trey Lance, uh, the 49ers gave up their first-round picks in 2022 and 2023 and their third-round pick in 2022. So they gave up three draft picks to go up and get Trey Lance, trade him with Miami. Obviously, you saw what Miami was able to do with all those picks, parlay that into a hell of a team. And he also has a $34.1 million contract You know that, he, that he's sitting on and cashing checks. But he ain't really doing a whole lot. And, again, a lot of that's due to injury. And, look, I mean, injuries happen. But, man, I just don't know. If I'm San Francisco, I'm one, I'm going to try to recoup at least a little bit of my my capital that I gave up. I don't know how much I'm going to get, but I'm going to try to get some back. Yeah, maybe two-thirds. I don't know. Anything after a third-round pick, see what else you can get. But if any team says, hey, we'll offer you a third, get on the phone and say you're going to, like, oh, we'll see around. We got Baltimore on the line, too. But just take that third-round pick because – Brock Purdy, he's done enough for me. They don't need to win the Super Bowl or make it to the Super Bowl to say, hey, that's his job going forward. You know, I know that next year is going to be a battle. Yeah. But for me, he's done enough to earn the starting job. And if Trey Lance Already? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Okay. All right. It's been at least a good half of a season, including the playoffs. No, you're right. He's made it to the NFC Championship game. If he went, so what would it be for you? Does he have to win the Super Bowl to say, no, it's Brock Purdy's job? No, I think think no matter what happens, I think you go into the – to the offseason, and, and they have a battle. I think you battle because he was your starter. He was your starter in Trey Lance. That was your guy you were starting the season off with. He just happened to get injured, so you might as well, at least for your sake of, of knowledge, maybe not for mine, see what you got in, in camp and say it's an open battle, even if you don't really 100% believe it. But at least say it and see what you got. Well, yes, obviously he's, yeah, he's still got to win the job, right. but we know that he's coming in the de facto quarterback. I don't know if you remember those reports when Trey Lance got hurt. People were just like, ah, oh, man, that sucks for Trey, but I think we got a little bit better of a chance with Jimmy. Those were some of the reports that are coming out from right. the locker room from the 49ers well, players. Yeah, you can take it for the grain of salt. Yeah. You can take it with a grain of salt, but that lets me know that some of the players on that team weren't fully bought into the Trey Lance experience. Right. I'm not fully bought into the Trey Lance experience either, but again, I didn't give up you know, three draft picks to go get them. That was San Francisco. They did that. LJ hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. What's up, fellas? Trey Lance. Exactly. Who is he? I'll say this, though. Kyle Shanahan was prepared to ride him this season fully. And right now, Kyle Shanahan's uh, opinion carries a heck of a lot of weight. Right now, he may be the quarterback whisperer. That's from LJ. So, you know, he's saying he doesn't know who he is, but because Kyle Shanahan was confident was going to ride with him, maybe that says all you need to know. And is that a guy that, you know, Joshua Daniels would be comfortable with? Think about that. Would he be comfortable with Trey Lance with the big unknown? Because, I mean, if, if we don't know who Trey Lance is, how the hell does Joshua Daniels and Dave Ziegler know? 
Yeah, so I don't think any team would feel comfortable with trading for Trey Lance, where obviously you're not going to give up a first-round pick, not even a second-round pick for him. But even if you do get him, you're obviously you're bringing him in to battle with someone else. <laughs> right. But nobody knows. He just hasn't played any football. He hasn't played or enough. That's I don't what, know. I yeah. couldn't see any team saying, hey, we're going to trade for Trey Lance. Right. For what? I, yeah, I, I don't think that that would be something that uh, would make a lot of people happy. But again, if you feel like you have you know great knowledge of him, Maybe you studied him uh, coming out of college thinking, well, maybe at some point we'd have an opportunity to get him later on down the road. Then maybe they feel comfortable, and that's the direction that they go. He does look like he has the tools to be really dynamic, just we haven't seen it. East Bay Raider Gray said, Q&D, what I learned, especially from the 49ers this weekend, is that you don't need an elite quarterback if you have a defense that's as tough as a $3 stake. I'm sure DeMond will agree. 1,000%. You don't need an elite quarterback, but – Every team, every team doesn't have Kyle Shanahan calling the plays either. No, and the weapons that they have around them either. Where we can say that, oh, it's the defense, but it's also, man, Christian McCaffrey, man, he's good. George Kittle, man, he's good. Debo Samuel, he's good. Brandon Ayuk, where he just gets to be open because somebody's got to be single covered on this team. Right. He might not be a number one option, but he's but he's getting like number one option production because who are you going to cover on this team? Where I understand that the defense is good. But it's also Brock Purdy's being made. He's looking better because of the weapons that he has around him. 831 Raider J said, Q and DeMond, it seems pretty obvious. Let's get back to the Raider formula from the past. Please develop that defense. The most glaring stat for the past nine seasons for cars, the lower than average defensive performances year after year. That's 831 Raider J. And, I mean, yeah, that goes back to what we've been saying a lot, talking about is the fact that the defense has been on the struggle bus for a very long time. And it's, it's, it's time that it ends. It really is just tired. It's it's time that they stop having that below average defense. They have a really great player on defense in Max Crosby. They have a player that I think is a good player in Nate Hobbs. They have a player that has a potential to be a good player in Trayvon Merrick. He's got a lot to prove. They have a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame in Chandler Jones, but you know he he didn't he wasn't able to to live up to his billing. Uh, this past year with the Raiders, only having four and a half sacks. So, you know, you bring him back, is he going to all of a sudden have a career resurgence and be a double-digit sack guy, or is he going to be a four-and-a-half sack, five-sack guy for another season? If he is, which is where I think he's at in his career, you need to have another Robin. You need to have a better Robin. You have to upgrade Robin. You don't need to have Robin from sales. You need to have Robin Robin. (laughs) I do think that Chandler Jones is going to have a, back, a bounce back season next year. Do you year. really? I do. I so, do, do you think that, that he's the starting edge across from Max Crosby next year? Yes. Do you think he should be? Yes, I do. I still do, do think that he should be the the starter. I think opposite they need to upgrade that spot. I think they need to upgrade. I think he can. He's going to get paid regardless, right? The contract says he's going to get paid. I don't know if they restructured it or not. I think that they need to have a dude who's uh, a guy who could complement Max at a higher level. Still do all the things that Chandler was able to do, right? Help out and, and lead the team and this, that, and the other. And, and you know, I'm serious because I think that there's something to that. Uh, when all the players in the, in the locker room vouch for him and say that he's a hell of a player and he's done a lot of stuff that nobody understands and sees, I, I believe him because who am I? I'm not in the locker room. I'm not at practice. I believe him when they say that. But I also think what I see on the field is they need a guy who's going to get after the quarterback as much, if not more, than Max Crosby. Like, you know, again, so is this the guy Eagles gonna be a- had four guys in double-digit sacks. It's okay to have more than one, right? You could be a little greedy and have two guys that go double-digit sacks. That would be nice. That's a good start. 
So is this guy going to be a diamond in the rough, or are you going to spend some money and get someone else in free agency? That's a good question. Because I know I know it's not our money, so I don't care how they spend it. Right. But there there's only so much money you can spend in a salary cap sport. You're right. So maybe. Maybe you find a, a dude in the draft that you feel comfortable with. Maybe you, you know, I know the draft's not going to cure all. You're going to have to do a little bit of spending money either on the uh, offensive side of that. You still have Josh Jacobs to be concerned about as well. You know, you you, you want to bring him back, or at least I think you want to bring him back. So, yeah, I mean, there's only so much money to go around. You can't sign everybody, and you're not going to be able to fix everyone by way of the draft. So it's got to be a perfect blend of both. Now, I'll say this. If you can, okay, how about we, how about we compromise and meet in the middle? If you go out and spend the money on, say, a Jerron Payne and get a guy that potentially could have double-digit sacks from the interior, maybe four and a half, five sacks on the outside isn't as bad as it looks right now. That, that is the perfect meet in the middle there. That's the perfect compromise because you obviously you got to beef up that interior, yeah. but it needs to be someone on the interior that can also get after the quarterback a little bit and get some sack numbers. Right, and I wouldn't have any problem with Bilal Nichols being a compliment to this person. I wouldn't have any problem with them bringing back Andrew Billings as a compliment because I thought he did a really good job against the run. Dollar Bill's a big dude. Big, big dude, right? Hard to, uh, hard to move him around. Looks like a little tank out there, a little fire hydrant, right? Just, I mean, he's just that guy. So I would have no problem with them bringing him back. Just they've got to get a guy who's a bona fide dude who can get to the quarterback from that middle of the defensive line. There's a lot. It's so funny. Uh, the theme of my offseason has been like the Raiders need I mean, if I could write it in one one word, what I'm looking for the Raiders to do this offseason, go get dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that more times than not when I talked about the QB, when I talked about the edge, when I talked about the corner, when I talked about the D tackle. Bottom line, Dave Ziegler, go get some dudes. Don't get players, get dudes. If that just had to be like, oh, you had to miss a show. <laughs> just like, well, what's, what's Q's actual message? Just go get some dudes. That's it. I ain't got three hours for you today. <laughs> hey, welcome in Unnecessary Roughness. Theme of today's show, dudes. Raiders, go get some dudes. And I'm out. <laughs> Simple as that. Let's get one quick call in before we close out the show today. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's up, fellas? What's up? Hey, you know what I got from this 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 um, this weekend uh, on the playoffs? That you, you, need, you need a, a cold-blooded quarterback to – to win win championship, I know you mean you talked a long time ago and you said that uh, average quarterback. But you go look at the average quarterback; it's only been two that won it: Flacco and um, and um, what's the name for uh, for Tampa Bay? Them them the only two guys, and maybe one more. Uh, no, two guys from Buffalo. I mean, uh, from uh, the um, the Ravens. They won two Super Bowls with two bad quarterbacks. Average quarterbacks, not bad. I'm. And uh, Tampa Bay won with uh, one quarterback. Brad but Johnson. Brad Johnson. Yeah, yep. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson, Flacco. Trent Dilfer, and Joe Flacco. Who are you talking about? I got yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So the rest of the quarterbacks, if you go look at the all the AFC quarterbacks, it's been Peyton Manning, uh, Ben Rothenberg, and um, Brady. Them the them the last them the ones that's winning all the Super that won. You got to have a lead quarterback. Hey, um, Q, you said you didn't want to trade up, and 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 I'll listen to you. But I looked at most of the mock drafts are showing that mm-hmm. the Raiders are, are trading up. Why? And I'll leave off of this. Why you don't want to trade up to get a – look Look what um, Kansas City did. They traded up to get Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Look what um, Buffalo did. They traded up to get – you got to trade up to get a, a, a quarterback. And I'm telling you, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, those two guys are going to be great quarterbacks. You Mark my word, but – if okay. you don't want to trade up, 
then what? I mean, I don't understand why would you not want to trade when you got two prospecting there. I'll, like, I'll tell you right now. Th- thank you for the call. I'll tell you, I had to rush you because we're running out of time. Uh, I don't want to trade up because I don't think the team is complete yet. I think that they need to use as much draft capital as possible. So I don't see why they would trade up. And especially, this is the thing, Raider Mac, you're talking about going from seven to one. The trade value for number one is 3,000 points. The trade value for number seven is 1,500. So you've got to give up a lot of capital to move up to, say, one. Or if you're going to go up to two, to say you're going to get a C.J. Stroud. So if you're going to trade up and, and you're comfortable with that, you better make sure that that guy is solid. If you trade up and you miss, then what? Because you don't have a defense like we spent the whole show talking about. Your offensive line is suspect. You have other areas. The Chiefs were a team that was making the playoffs consistently before they traded up from 24 to 10 to go get Patrick Mahomes. The Bills were putting together a team. They understood what they were doing as they were doing this. If they had a solid team and they were that one QB away, sure, why the hell not? Go for it. You're only going to be in the top 10 once in a while. That's, that's why. I understand where you're coming from. But I think that the team is not built enough to be able to go ahead and trade up like that. But thank you for the call. Fantastic way to close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.